It is a time of upheaval and uncertainty. There is loss and fear just about anywhere you look. People are wrestling with huge questions, many of them unanswerable. There is widespread illness. The government is in disarray. And no one is sure what to expect from one day or month to the next. No, I am not talking about the whole of our earth in this year, 2022, but rather Italy in the 500s. It sounds a little bit familiar, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Out of this mess, five centuries ago, walked a young man named Benedict. He was the son of a wealthy and influential family, and he had been raised to follow in this prominence and was studying in Rome. There was just this one small issue with his parents' plan for him, which was that he absolutely hated all of it. He hated the wealth, he hated the city, he hated the way their social strata made sense of the world, or maybe more accurately, how it made no sense at all. And so, writhing under all this pressure and dissonance, Benedict ran for the hills. Literally, he ran away from Rome, and he wandered alone in the hill country of Nursia until he found what looked to be a good cave. And he settled there. And finally, it was quiet, and he could breathe. And most importantly, he could hear God. He began a simple life there, existing on what little food he could find and spending his days in prayer and contemplation. And by all accounts, he was happy with this entirely different way of life, far from Rome. It was good, or at least it was good until people found him there. And they did. Soon, seekers came, many of them wandering monks who were frustrated with the monasteries where they lived and, for any number of reasons, walked and walked, jumping from one place to the next, always looking for a better spot. Maybe a kinder abbot or better food, easier rules to follow. They had made a habit of continually moving on, hoping that the next place would finally be the right one, the one where they could find God. And they arrived at Benedict's cave, hoping that he might be the solution. And then, into that yearning and grasping and wandering all about comes the still small voice of the psalmist. Benedict would have known the psalm that we prayed this morning. He prayed it also over and over, and I wonder how it reshaped 
his understanding of how he'd run from the city and what it was that he and so many others were seeking. He built the Psalms into his community's rule of life, making them a core part of their common prayer. Listen to these age-old words again. Let them wash over you as they would have for him, first in the relentless noise of life in Rome, and then later in the quiet of the cave. Listen to the psalmist. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places and are acquainted with all my ways. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips, but you, O Lord, know it all together. You press upon me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Here is the audacious promise of the psalm. God is before us and after us, behind us and in front of us. There is nowhere we can go where God's presence will not join us. Nowhere we can be where we will not be seen and loved, attended and fed. Over time, Benedict grabbed hold of this good news. He made it one of the central teachings of his community's rule of life. He summed it up this way, that God is not elsewhere. How simple this goodness is, that God is not elsewhere, and how hard it can be to remember. I was struck by that Again, uh, by, by that struggle earlier this summer. As plenty of you know, I went down with COVID in June, and it was not serious, but I was sick, and I was hiding away from my family, and even as I tried to be thankful that I could just recover at home, the isolation began to undo me. Further into this stretch with my my lungs still struggling and regularly inhaling big mouthfuls of my mask, I went out walking slowly. And it was a beautiful day, but most of my attention was focused on bemoaning the inherent and necessary loneliness of COVID. I plodded along, grateful at least for the company of my dog, longing for a more human kind of companionship, counting the days and and guessing when I might possibly be free to return to my people. And that was when it struck me, this wonderfully Benedictine realization that I was already held, already surrounded by this holy presence generally invisible to the human eye, and yet somehow palpably among us. This is how God moves and loves and walks with us, whether we're aware or noticing or remembering or not. 
Through the centuries, Benedict keeps teaching us this beauty, echoing our psalm. God will not arrive only when we, and we can fill in the blank with whatever the when we might mean in our own fear and longing. When we come through the illness, or when we get the job, or find the love, or have the child, or take the leap. God is not waiting on any of that to show up or waiting for us to make any of that happen. God is not contingent on anything. This is the gift of this psalm and of St. Benedict's wisdom. God is not elsewhere. God is here, always near, always available, right now. And so... Here we are, now in a season of a bit more ease, at least for now. Our numbers are pretty good, and masks are optional, and after nearly two and a half years, if that is possible, we'll be sharing the chalice at communion today. We found ways to stay connected through the wonder of live stream and Zoom and remembering how to write letters by hand when it doesn't make sense for us to be together in person. And thanks be to God for all of it. And maybe because of the way that things have let up just a little bit, it feels like the right time to go deeper into this practice that God is not elsewhere, of trusting that truth, to hold on to it, to, to write it on our hearts, to remind one another again and again, because the hard times will come again in one form or another, with them Probably isolation, probably fear, probably the rattling questions of where God might be in all of this. And so let's learn today from this psalm. Another translation offers the promise this way, that God hems us in. We are hemmed in recipients of this meticulous work done by hand, taken slowly, stitch by stitch. Which is to say, from every direction, we are sewn in to God. We are folded in on ourselves, our frayed parts carefully tended. We're wrapped up in this goodness on all sides bound together by sturdy, shimmering thread. In the thrum of the city and in the quiet of the cave, in the isolation of COVID and in the wonder of regathering, in our longing and in our finding, we are hemmed in. God is not elsewhere.